God bless you and welcome tonight to Church Online. You know, Church Online is church anytime. It's church wherever you are. And don't forget, there are a lot of messages here at Church on the Line that you can, uh, that you can access through our archive messages. And uh, it, just in particular, perhaps go back the last two or three Sundays, if you would, uh, and uh, pick up on the theme of, of, of the fact that the devil only has one message. And he's doing his best to tell you that things are bad and aren't going to get any better. But that's not the message of the Word of God. God, in fact, says things are getting better. He tells us to put our hope and our trust in him, not be downcast, not be worried. God can do something about this. And tonight at our Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship, this is the 28th week that we are joining together. And for those of you that are watching this so that you can reteach it this week, uh, don't forget you know, this consistency of us putting this Life Shape block, this discipleship moment, into the lives of our people, into the lives of your people that you're teaching. Don't forget also to add an element of prayer according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. In fact, we have just finished uh, um, a, a time of prayer here where we sought God according to the Word of God. And the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, turn from their own ways, he said, Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their lands. You know, he will if we will. Don't forget to pray. Encourage those that you're teaching to set aside a time and humbly pray recognize and admit your dependence on God and then seek his will and tell him that you repent. If you'll do these things, God said he would hear, he would forgive, and he would heal. And lands is more than just our, our you know, national government. Healing our lands means so much more. It means whatever we touch, whatever we possess, wherever our foot trods, God has given us for an inheritance. God bless you. And welcome tonight to a Life Shaped Prayer and Discipleship, Module 3. Thank, uh, also, thank all of you for being here. God bless you. Uh, module 3, we are already in the 28th week. Can you imagine that? Uh, has time gone by for you guys as, much as, as, as quickly as it seems to have gone by for me? Man. Uh, I go to my board each week and, and, and look over all that we have done and all that we are doing and all that we are scheduled to do. And God continues to speak. There's such life in this. Every week, uh, for me, it just seems like a resurgence of life. And uh, I want to thank you for being not only the, uh, the good listeners and the great church that you are, but also, you know, God is using you to reach out to these folks. Uh, tonight, uh, while we are doing this, many people are watching this, but also people will be using this. It is our goal for the next three years to supply these to at least 10,000 prayer groups that will be raised up around the world. And, uh, you know, I'm using you to teach, but uh, they are using what we are teaching in order to take the books that we, uh, that we are, have put together, these workbooks, and uh, sent them out. We're, we're, we have, we, we're, we're literally blanketing the world with these things and will over the next uh, three years. But even right now, we have groups in the Philippines and groups in, you know, on the African continent, the Asia continent, and Thailand and, and Kenya and uh, Eastern Africa and Russia and all types of other places that are going through these things as we are going through them. And it's rippling out. In fact, I just heard again from, from uh, Kenya where, uh, where uh, more groups are starting from the groups that they have started because it is just catching on. People want to know how to strategically put a block in their life, not just any block, but the next piece of building material that will logically and strategically grow their life God's way. 
And so here we are providing that for so many around the world. And thank you all, by the way, for listening and also for, for teaching this. And I pray when you teach this to the people you teach it to, teach it in such a way that they also will teach others, okay? God bless you. Well, tonight, module three, new creation responsibilities. Uh, we are in uh, block number two. This is our second lesson in new creation responsibilities. First, we talked about redemption. How do we get saved? What happened to us that we needed to get saved? Who saved us and how did we get saved? And, uh, and we talked about water baptism and being filled with the power of God in the first module called redemption. In the second module, we talked about new creation realities. What do we get when we get born again? I mean, we get access to so much that God has. It's like God's will becomes effective in our life. When we become a child of God, we get access to the will of God. And uh, the will of God provides so many things for us. And we learned 12 lessons on what things we get when we get born again. Powerful. But you know, it's not all about us. At some point, we need to begin to grow up and make it a little more about what God wants and not always just about what we want. And so this third module talks about our new creation responsibilities. Since we have been born again, now that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, now that we are saved, what is our responsibility? What is our obligation to God? Now, not just, you know, what is God's obligation to me? What did God do for me? What do I get? But now it's about what can I give? And so last week we talked about the element of lordship. Not the recognition of Jesus Christ as Lord that comes and is a necessity for us to be born again. You know, we confess him as Lord, as Master, as, as Savior, as Messiah when we get born again. More than a confession, it is actually a demonstration, a living out of his Lordship so that we are not keeping areas of our life reserved to our own Lordship so that we are not living as little kings on little different thrones in our life, but that we have wiped away all other gods, including self. And we are establishing every day with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week, how important that is. And this week, uh, we're going to add to that with another new creation responsibility, module three, new creation responsibility, block two, stewardship. Stewardship. My goodness, that's not a word we use very much, is it? To be a steward, stewardship. Um, what does steward mean? Well, steward means manager, superintendent, or overseer. In a sense of, of uh, uh, one who assists, an owner of a farm. Can you imagine that someone owns a farm and he has a manager, has a superintendent, has a steward over his farm that assists him in managing the household affairs or the affairs of the field. This steward is also, according to the word of God and what this Greek word explains the steward is, talks about this steward having a responsibility to portion out other people's proper needs. Those other people that work on the farm, a steward not only manages the affairs of the household and the fields, but also parcels out the proper portions for all of those others who work on the farm and even the children of the owner 
who have yet to come to age. They are not of age yet to run the farm. So a steward often looks over the affairs, even of those who are the children of the owner. You know, from the time that we are born to the time that we die, uh, each one of us is but a pilgrim in this earth. We are just a traveler. We're just passing through this world which God created and God still owns. From the time that we are born to the time that we die, we must realize we are pilgrims. We're travelers. We're passing through this world that God has created, this world that God owns. And every person in this world, uh, we come to this world naked. Uh, Naked's not a word you normally say in church, is it? (laughs) But we come to this world naked. We come to this world powerless. We come to this world uh, without having any control over our tomorrows. And as it is with birth, so shall it be with death. We shall leave this world without being able to take anything with us. We will not be able to control our tomorrows beyond this world. And it is strikingly evident because of these things that we are only passing through this world. And, And while we are in this world, we need to borrow some things from the owner. Okay? While we are living in this world as a pilgrim, as a traveler, as one that's just journeying from from birth unto death, what we need to do since we really own nothing and can control nothing and can take nothing with us and brought nothing uh, uh, with us, we need to borrow from the owner of the world the things that we are going to need while we are in this world. Uh, In fact, there are so many things necessary to this life from the air that we breathe. to the clothes on our back, to the possessions we think we have. So many things are necessary, but there is an owner, and we are obligated to this owner. When, When considering the rich, King Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 15. He says, as he came, talking about the rich, as he came from his mother's womb, naked he shall return to go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. You know, That's a word to the rich to realize you can take nothing with you. Nothing you brought with you, and there's nothing you can take with you in your hand. When Job had gone through his great difficulties and was perhaps at one of the lowest moments of his life, he had been rich and now he was poor. Job said this in his poverty, Job 121, and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave And the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, the fact of the matter is God owns everything. And he lends each person the use of the things that they need in this life so that they may have an opportunity to accomplish what he has designed and purposed for them to accomplish. We own nothing. We come to this life without anything, and we will leave without anything. While we are here, God lends us things that He believes we might need in order for us to have an an opportunity to accomplish the things that He has called us to do. From the days we spend on planet Earth, every day belongs to God, to the goods that we accumulate while we are here, hoping to pass them on to others. You know, everything we have belongs to God. In fact, He owns our very life. This life we have is lent to us from the Lord. He's the owner, 
And we are his stewards. We are managers. We are superintendents. This is the picture that the Bible paints of us. When God looked at us, even in Adam and Eve, God planted a garden, he owned it, and he lent it out to them that they might dress it and keep it, take care of it and guard it and make it productive. But it did not belong to them. How we manage what God lends us seems to be a very important topic for God's Word. All throughout the Word of God, He talks about what people do with the goods, with the opportunities that He gives them. How we manage the things that God lends to us seems to be a very important thing to God. That brings us to our key scripture. In our key scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. You see, faithfulness is the single character quality most necessary for stewards. Faithfulness to represent what God wants instead of always being the champion of what we want. A faithfulness to be a steward, knowing that God is the owner of our time, God is the owner of our talent, and God is the owner of our treasury. God owns everything. He has lent those things to us. And it's important that we be faithful to God with the things he has entrusted to us, even with an hour, even with a day, even with another life, even with an opportunity to share life with someone else, even with an opportunity to have a job, even with an opportunity to be blessed with an education, an opportunity to share a testimony or a witness to someone else or to help someone along the way. God gives us opportunities and it's important that we understand we are managers and stewards of those things God gives us. And how we manage what he gives us is very important. It's required of us that we be found faithful, not faithful to ourselves, but faithful to the owner of everything in the universe, that we look at what he has given us and seek him to find out what he wants us to do with what he has evidently blessed us with. We are such a blessed people. Jesus gives insight concerning the rewards of stewardship. All throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can read over and over where Jesus speaks to us as servants, as assistants, as managers, as stewards. And uh, when Jesus gives us insights into uh, the rewards of stewardship, you can read about these things uh, perhaps in, in, in Matthew 25 and Luke 12. Let's look at a couple of those. You know, in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus said this way, to some stewards, uh, God will say, well done, uh, good and faithful servant. That's what he's going to say to some stewards. Well done. You've been good. You've been faithful. It's required of a steward that to be faithful. Well done. You did well. You did good. You, you took what I gave you, Matthew 12 says. You took what I gave you, the opportunities, the abilities that I gave you, and you did well. Well done, 
good and faithful. It does not say well done, good and famous servant. It says well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, You have been faithful over a little, the verse continues, and therefore I will make you Lord over so much more. We also see in Luke, the 12th chapter, where to some of these uh, stewards, uh, uh, this is what God said. God said to him, uh, 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 you know, you wicked, excuse me, in Matthew, go back to Matthew if you would. In Matthew 25, verse 26, God will say to other stewards, you wicked and lazy servant. Oh, there's a good and a faithful servant, and there's a wicked and a lazy servant. You know, we cannot cut either one of these scriptures out of the Bible. Some people will hear when they stand before the Lord, well done, you did well with what I gave you. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. But also some will stand before the Lord in that day And the Lord will say to them, you did not do well with what I gave you. You were lazy and uh, you you were wicked in the sense that you were moved by the arm of your flesh to do what your flesh told you to do with what I gave you instead of what I wanted you to do with what I gave you. In fact, if we were to look in Luke, the 12th chapter in verse 20, uh, the Bible says uh, to to one of these uh, stewards, says, But God said to him, fool. Oh my goodness, I do not want to hear that when I get to heaven. How many of you do not want to hear fool when you get to heaven, okay? Fool, wow. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Here Jesus was talking about a man who had gained much. He had been greatly blessed by the Lord, only he did not recognize that his blessings belonged to God. And so he decided that he would take his blessings and only store them up for himself and his future. Well, God just interrupted him and said, now you have no future. Now whose are these things going to be? Verse 21 says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Basically, so is the one who takes what God has given them and only believes it should be consumed upon themselves. The blessings of God are meant to enrich us, but not only to enrich us. They are also meant to enrich others as God counts us his stewards and not just those he's helping, but those he's helping others through. Luke 12, verse 42 on down, uh, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Where can I find this person? Who then will be that faithful and that wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Where can God find someone faithful and wise enough to understand that we are stewards, that we are managers of God's blessings while we are on earth, given opportunity every day with every day and with every blessing to seek God's will to be his stewards so that others might receive their portion from God, not just using it to enrich ourselves. You see, it's required of a steward that a man be found faithful faithful to the owner's wishes and faithful to the owner's goal and not just our own enrichment. Everything over which we have control still belongs to God. 
because we're stewards. Stewardship is a new creation responsibility. Once we are born again and get access to all of God's blessings and all of God's goodness, to His love, His joy, His peace, His patience, once we get, once we get access to all of God's goodness, to His forgiveness, to His love, to, 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 to His joy, then we become stewards of that grace of God. Once we access God's grace because we are a child of God, we should grow to the point and realize this is not just for us to be dipping into. It's for us to be pouring out of. It's that we should be good stewards of this grace. Everything over which we have control belongs to God, and God allows us to enjoy these things, but He certainly has a multi-purposed plan. And he intends that we follow his plan. As I said, each one of us are stewards of this manifold grace of God. You see, what we do with what we have really shows who we are and what we believe. That's the reality. We should grow up in Christ so that we understand what we have is not our own. And what we do with what we have really will show whether or not we are a steward or you know, whether we have taken this as our own, whether we have, you know, uh, whether we have become you know, owners instead of stewards, whether we have become lords instead of servants. What we do with what we have really does reveal who we are and what we believe. We often think of stewardship in terms of managing money. You know, when I think of stewardship, I think of managing someone else's money, and it does include money. You know, uh, uh, God speaks in the Bible plainly about how He feels about His money and how He feels, you know, we ought to do His money. And when He blesses us, He, he, he says that 10% of that belongs to Him uh, so that there may be food in His house. And, and then we should also uh, make the rest of it available should He need it, where He can call upon us for offerings that we might, you know, help the poor, that we might uh, meet other needs, or that we might bring to him from time to time special offerings as seed even for our needs. You know, God expects us to manage his money well. He wants us to oversee his money while we are on planet earth. We are the overseers of God's money. We are the overseers of God's blessings. But God also has greater values than money. He has other valuables which are worth far more than just his money. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter in verse 1 says... Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ. That word servants there mean assistants. Let, 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 let people look at us and, and let them look at us when they look at us and realize that we are those who are Jesus' assistants. We are his servants, but also we are stewards over the manifold and over the mysteries of God, over all of the multifaceted mysteries of God. You see, God has mysteries. God has revelation. There are things about God that we know that the world does not know. There are things that you know about God that, that your lost neighbor does not know or that someone else who has not learned what you have learned. You know, you become a steward, not only one who is a servant of Christ, but one who is a manager of the mysteries of God, of the revelation of God. You know so much about God, and God intends for you to manage that according to His will. God's Word, God's revelation, the truth of God's Word should bless you. It should change your life. 
but you should also be one who grants a portion to others in their times of need. Stewards of the mysteries of God. We are the assistants and the managers of the mysteries, those mysteries which have been hidden from others. We are stewards of the truth in our generation. And it's very important that we manage this grace well. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, in verse 10 says this, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of this manifold grace of God. God's grace has many purposes. It's a multifaceted blessing that we receive. And we are called to be stewards. When we receive a gift from God, we should minister it. We should, you know, use that gift as ministers, as assistants, as servants of Christ so that we might be good stewards of the multifaceted, multipurposed blessings of God in our life. Well, this brings us to the important points for tonight. Okay? Our first important point uh, for tonight, number one is we came to this life with nothing and so shall we depart. <laughs> Amen? We came with nothing. Let us get this in our head tonight. If we learn, you know, uh, uh, if, we, if, if we don't learn much more, let's embrace a reality that we came with nothing, we leave with nothing. Okay? Everything, point number two, belongs to God. And we are stewards of His grace. Everything belongs to God. The next breath you take, tomorrow, you know, when you go to work, it belongs to God. Everything, the next car you buy, it belongs to God. It belongs to God. You know, the next house you live in, it belongs to God. You know? The next relationship you make, the next friendship, the next person that, 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 that you make a friendship with, that friendship belongs to God. We need to learn to treat it like it belongs to God. My marriage belongs to God. I came here without it. <laughs> I will leave this earth without it. It belongs to God. It's lent to me by the Lord. And I am a steward of that blessing. Point number three, what we do with what we have reveals who we are and what we believe. If I really believe my marriage belongs to God, then I will become that person who acts as a steward of a God-given relationship of a God-blessed relationship, of a relationship that God has a purpose in, a bigger purpose than just having someone to cook my food or to clean my clothes, a greater purpose than for my wife just to have someone to bring home a paycheck. There's a greater purpose. And when we become stewards, we begin to realize that greater purpose. Point number four, we will give an account to God for how we use the time, the talent, and the treasury He has lent to us. One day we will stand, the Bible says, and give an account for what we do with what God has given us. That does not mean and play into whether we go to heaven or not. We go to heaven because we've been born again. The blood of Jesus gets us into heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When that Lamb's book is opened and your name is there, you get to go to heaven. 
Isn't that wonderful? But the Bible says there will be another book opened. And that book will contain what we must give an account for. Even though we go to heaven, we must give an account for what we do with what God has given us, for the opportunities, for the blessings, and I hope to hear, well done. Don't you? <laughs> yes. Well, you'll never start being a steward any earlier than today. Today, become a steward. And trust that God will cause your yesterdays to fade. And that when we stand before him, we will hear well done. Important point number five and our last point for tonight. It is required of a steward that one be found faithful. Be faithful. Faithful to what the Lord wants instead of living life only pursuing what we want. A steward, not a lord. A servant, not a master. God owns everything, and we're his steward.